From the creators of Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, May 22nd, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by Fracture, a great way to print your favorite photo in vivid color directly on glass. It's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. It's tough to describe other than you could maybe say it's like HDTV for your photos. Yes, that's a good way. And it makes really good gifts. It's like, it's really cool and, you know, gifts for friends and family or your own wall. I always get bored with um, how to frame things because like you're always like, all right, black frame or white frame. This is like its own standalone. Brown frame, maybe. Brown, gold, maybe if you're doing like a chic Pinterest inspired room. Mm -hmm. Shauna, you know. That was amazing right there. The chic Pinterest inspired (laughs) room. Kind of shabby. Actually, when just, you were saying gold frames, I was thinking, are you de- are you decorating an early '90s charismatic church? <laughs> listen, listen, no. But fracture, a lot of gold the, frames. It's its own frame. It's its own standalone. Yeah. It's the whole thing. thing. Uh, That's genius. Because I'm the worst at getting things framed. Yes, you, it's so hard. When you order a fracture, everything you need to get the photos on the wall or desk comes right in the box, right there. Uh, the prices started just fifteen dollars for five by five print. And every fracture is handmade and checked for quality by their uh, small team in Gainesville, Florida. Go Gators. I wonder if they're UF grads. They have to be. With that kind of brilliant invention and ingenuity, they must have gone to Florida. (laughs) Uh, Right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can get 15% off with the coupon code RELEVANT. Uh, And it also lets them know that you uh, heard about Fracture here on the podcast. Go over to FractureMe.com and use coupon code RELEVANT. Father's Day coming up. They can get us a picture of the podcast. Or Memorial Day. You know, if you want to remember things and put on your wall. My birthday is coming. When's your birthday? Well, in August, but I'm just thinking ahead. Yeah, she's a planner. Snake dragon for your birthday. Snake dragon fracture for your birthday. Thank you. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in in our Orlando studio, Eddie Big Cat Coffles. Cameron, nice to see you, buddy. On the Skype line uh, from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on Skype from Chicago, Illinois, author and speaker, Shauna Nequist. Good morning. Uh, okay, so yes. there's there's other people in the room that I have not mentioned. Now, John David Snavely is over here on the couch. He's right. monitoring the situation. Right. Because this is the first week, the debut run. I mean, we are just a mere hours into his employment yeah. here at Relevant. Yeah. Our new podcast producer, our audio video producer, Jeremiah Dunlap yes. is behind hello. the... Uh, <clears throat> hello. Very nice. Good start. <laughs> really. Say, do, we, do, we hi- do we hire Dark Knight era Batman? No, listen. <laughs> oh, good one. I have planned that joke oh, yeah. since we hey, started talking about I'm gonna, this. I'm going to tell you something from my early days. Yeah. I came in working pretty hard to have some pre-selected material. Mm. Uh, it went poorly. Okay. Yeah, because and, most most of it was very offensive. <laughs> <laughs> he he grossly misjudged the audience. Grossly misjudged. Yeah. So you're I just, here. I just kept saying, I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea what's happening for like my first six shows. Yeah. All right. So I want to get to some tips, and you know, you guys can mm-hmm. give some insider stuff. But before all that, I want to we want to get to know you. Yeah, Mr. Dunlap. Who is Jeremiah Dunlap? Well, uh, he's a man. <laughs> we can start there. Handsome. 
very handsome. Yeah, you have uh, a similar haircut as Cameron. You both have the shaved up high mm-hmm. and then like scoop it all to the back. His his goes higher than mine does. Mine, does. I think mine's longer. I'm gonna so haircut tomorrow. Yeah, so. it falls. I got a how, haircut. How yesterday. inspired were you by Natalie Maines? <laughs> so yeah, it started with Natalie Maines uh, for Cameron. Yeah, and then you know I saw Cameron through the video excerpts and I was like. That'll work for me. <laughs> there you go. That'll work. Let's learn more about. Is this time? Are we doing yeah. this now? Yeah, we're okay, doing so this. we can all just pepper him with questions. And we want to know oh, no. who he is. The listeners want to know who he is. Literally okay. the first time anyone's ever been interested in me, so it feels great. I was here. actually talking about asking Jesse questions, but are we asking oh, no, Jeremiah? No, no. <laughs> we can ask Jeremiah questions. Yeah, cool. Do you have a family? Does this? Uh, you have a... Yeah, I have. I have two families. One of which. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> one of well, one of which is sibling family, and one of I chose my wife. Okay, get this. Okay. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? Oh, I have nine siblings, all biological, wow. no twins. Prove Who, it. What are all their names? <laughs> Joshua, Anna, Bethany, Caleb, Cana, Joanna, Noel, Seth, Abigail. Wow. Where, where do you fall in the age breakdown? Oh, I fall at number four, so not quite far enough to have like middle child syndrome. And guess get this. Now this is the sort of thing that keeps happening here at Relevant. Where did you go to high school? Oh, who wants to who wants to guess what my high school experience was? Oh, Just oh, think, I, I, I know where you, you went. You you were homeschooled, weren't you? Yep, absolutely was homeschooled. Jesse, I'm gonna put the camera on. That you was you, that's my reward for you. That, that you was the, the number one. That was the number one thing. Uh, you know, Chad Michael Snavely was homeschooled, and yeah. we thought he did a great job. He did a great job. So uh, I, I threw out all the resumes from those people who went to normal education, even though that's yeah. I don't think legal, but we did right. it. <laughs> right. Somebody went to like We're the. More f- on our hiring practices. Right. They went to the We're fame on school. Semi legal hiring practices. Yeah, incredible places. Okay, so a lot of siblings. You went. You went to school it, at it, home. So, so you you went to school with your siblings. Well, that's the thing. Is it kind of homeschool? But I had basically a whole school with me at all times. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the age range? Like, what's the oldest it's, or the youngest? It's far. I can't. I'm not going to be exactly to twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron knows better than I do. It was a biological feat for your mom. I can't be exact with you because honestly, I don't really know. How how old is the oldest? Generally. Generally, mid 30s. Okay, and how old is the youngest? Generally, 17. So it's it's a Duggar range. Yeah, it's definitely Duggar range. All memories of my mom growing up, she was just always pregnant. Like, it's hard for me to remember a time when she did not have, like, a pregnancy belly. But you're now cool and normal, and you've run music studios, yeah. and you've produced some great albums for bands. You've you, you, you've done some amazing things, so you turned out really good. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'd say about half of my siblings are just turned out great. And then some of them... <laughs> that young half. That young half. They just, you know, my mom got tired, you know, yeah. after... The, after- <laughs> Well, After five kids, you're like, all right, you older ones can just raise the younger yeah, ones. Because yeah. I know Seth, and there's... Yeah, I have a brother named Seth. Not good. <laughs> he has yeah. deep, deep problems. So you guys go back. You guys are racquetball buddies. Oh, before that, I mean, we played racquetball for the first time a couple weeks ago. I've known, I have known yeah. Jeremiah for a long time. Yeah, so. you guys sent a picture to me that day. <laughs> it was very strange. Jeremiah had just come in. I only met him the uh, day or two earlier. He'd come mm-hmm. in, talk about the job. It was a long conversation. And then Eddie, with no context, just sends me a picture of their two faces sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) It was the grossest picture I've ever been a part of. I'll post that. That feels like I can post that. Yeah, it'll be on the relevant website front page. Yeah, Yeah. right there. Is it grosser than the picture you texted me at Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, yeah, of my my, uh, 
arm all up in a turkey? Was it that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. When we were learning about, now just careful with the reply joke, because I'm going to just say it, but okay. you got to watch yourself. Shauna taught us about spatchcocking, which is like a way to basically crush a turkey. Okay. But I, I sent her, Brian took the picture of me, and I'm like hunched over this turkey, and I'm like full body sweat trying to break its back. And I'm like, this is what I'll send her. Yeah. And it was, it was awful. Oh, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like Thanksgiving morning. It was like a, enough before Thanksgiving that it, it had like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> why is this so physical? Why is this? Why are you sweating? Why is it two weeks before Thanksgiving? When did you become a butcher? What's happening? You're telling me that a turkey's supposed to be thawed before it breaks? <laughs> Eddie's essentially trying to break a bowling ball with his bare hand. It was a big turkey. We were cooking a lot of turkey. And I, uh, yeah. But we're even. And you guys are v- vegan. Oh, yeah. I almost threw up. <laughs> okay. I hate meat. I hate touching it. You eat meat. I assume Jeremiah, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah, can just absolutely. tell. Yeah. Do, do you know? Do you know how I know Jeremiah is not, uh, not a vegetarian? It's one. It's because he's unhealthy, like all of us. He's also not judgy. That's how. <laughs> yeah, your your eyes aren't condescending. Are you not a vegetarian? <laughs> even worse is them being a vegan. If you're a vegan, you don't even like other vegetarians because you're like, oh, oh, you dairy, cool, interesting. And enjoy, CrossFitters, enjoy your life. Vegan yeah. CrossFitters would be the worst. <laughs> I was with a mutual friend that Sean and I have on a trip recently who is a CrossFit uh, fanatic. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes, and I told him to his face that I unfollowed him on all social media platforms because of it. And he said uh, he understood. So Yeah, he gets it. I like him, and I think he is a nice person. I did too. And I do not want to see shirtless pictures of him in a gym setting ever. Mm. Right, and that was about twenty percent of the feed. I gotta put that yeah. down. I got a shirt. That's I where gotta, you and Eddie differ. Yeah, I got a picture. To, <laughs> I got a picture for Shauna. I'm gonna send you a picture real quick, Shauna. I was gonna say oddly, you haven't unfollowed Eddie because that's all I've been getting lately. <laughs> Can and, you and usually he's sh- he's shirtless, sweaty, and attempting to break a frozen turkey in half with his bare hands. <laughs> it's his own weird workout he created. <laughs> I got to say, it's led to a lot of injuries. <laughs> a lot of them. Now, Jeremiah, I have a question. Did you listen to the show before or just now? Have you heard the show before just this moment? This is a show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Oh, I thought we were uh, just right. hanging out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I was a casual listener at first, and then I kind of like got more and more into it as I got more and more into like podcasting. Yeah. So it was definitely one of the first like podcasts that I listened to, and is definitely one of the ones is consistently listened to and so you were your background is a wide variety of things but one of the things you you owned a a music studio and 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 only in the last year or so have actually gotten to producing podcasts as yeah in addition to like bands and albums and things like that but you actually he does a kids podcast love it called sugar crash kids and if you guys like radio lab for kids it's 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 beautifully done like story and narrative and incredibly well produced and that kids actually like yeah yeah. it's hard to like it's easy to get something that like an adult thinks is like uh like, uh, oh, that's kind of kitschy and fun, but like kids actually really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And they write original music for it, and mm-hmm. um, Jeremiah right. scores it, and then at the end of every show, there's a, a new original song, yeah. and they're releasing an album for kids, uh, Sugar Crash Kids. It's really incredibly yeah. well done. And yeah. then I knew like other albums and that you had produced and stuff, and he has great taste in music, and, yeah. and uh, what a interesting wide variety of experience. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. the DIY kind of aesthetic that we have of just like, I wonder if we could pull this idea off yeah. and then like you've you've done it we have to I mean that's uh 
It's a good fit. It's a good fit. We're excited. And it leads to our big announcement. If you're okay with me sure. doing that now, I will be releasing an original song with every relevant podcast. Oh. Me and Jeremiah. At just, the end of every podcast. It's going to be so good to be yeah. about the podcast. Although, so. I, I'm detecting a little bit of a riff, though, because our Relevance, <laughs> Relevance yeah. 15-year anniversary is coming up on June 1st. Right. Uh, the company's, Really? The, We're excited, yeah. The company's 15-year anniversary is June 1. Yeah. We start June 1, 2000. And so we're doing a staff party that night, lakeside, out we, over we at Hillstone. We, we were starting a small group Bible study. We canceled it. Moved it a week later. Because I'm like, wow. 15 years. It's a big deal. I don't, I don't agree with that, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do anything to cancel Bible study, right? <laughs> Boring. Spiritually, I have a check about that. <laughs> check. And uh, so, you, you know, do I, you. <laughs> I emailed the staff. I emailed the staff on Friday and told them, hey, FYI, you know, mark this day on your calendar. And uh, Eddie replies to all, of course. And, <laughs> It says, Everybody loves that guy. Because I'm really mature. So. Right. He wants to do your uh, uh, Dave Matthews Band cover well, songs. I just oh, didn't know man. if you had an opening band. Right. I'm, I was just fishing. Right. So right. I don't know. We'll talk about and it. And so online. Jeremiah's first day at work this morning, yeah. he replies all right. and says, he's not going if Eddie does his DMB stuff. Here's, so, here's but, the, but here's my favorite reason. Because Jeremiah said he respected Dave Matthews too much. It wasn't that he was. It's not that Jer. It's not that Jeremiah isn't a fan of Dave Matthews. Right. It's that he doesn't want to hear the man's songs butchered. Right. Yeah, it was a fair point on Jeremiah's behalf. I gotta say, because when Eddie covers a Dave Matthews song. It's an image much like him spatchcocking a, tur- a turkey. He's shirtless and sweating, and there's a lot of e- unnecessary effort going into it. A lot of unnecessary effort. Just a lot of sweat. Does cover. Very physical. Yeah. I have to wrap my guitar in plastic wrap. So it is- Every- everyone's very uncomfortable watching. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so okay, we learned a little bit he's about just, Jeremiah. He's having really trouble well, hitting those notes. It gets very sweaty. He has, he's restarted that song four times. He's really frustrated. Well, that, it was a twofold thought process. One is like, you know, and actually, I'm not really a Dave Matthews fan. I actually kind of dislike Dave Matthews. Oh. Did you know this before you hired him? <laughs> yeah, yes. we did, it didn't come but, up but, in the But interview. you still respect him. Well, I, but I respect the musicianship. Mm-hmm. So that was first fault is that, you know, hey, man. Don't don't tread on my I bro. That. I get that. Dave. I get right. that. Secondly, when you, it's just like you know, when you walk into a jail, you find the biggest, most like intimidating dude, and you just beat him up. Ah, so oh, that's that what me? that email that's was. That was me asserting my authority. <laughs> okay. Hi. So Hi. The most intimidating person you could find is me. on our staff. Was Eddie email. Yeah, yeah. It was Eddie. Right. Yeah. I would say that. I, I'd say when most people meet me, it's just like. Intimidating. <laughs> and, and, and the best dude. thing to do to take him down is to challenge his competency of covering 15 year old Dave Matthews. I've listened to the podcast. Yeah. I know how he feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You've got absolutely your ball. Yeah. You've got your chain. Shut up, Jeremiah. This is good. <laughs> so, okay. So, I, I didn't know if maybe you guys, new guys, first day, you know, he already yeah. had some ideas coming in of you got to take. Got to find the most dominant right, person, right. take him down, exert your authority. Done. Know thy enemy. Uh, are there any right. podcast things that you guys have learned? Because you all had first days at one point. Mm-hmm. Are there podcast tips that you want to give Jeremiah? Well, one thing that I didn't know when I said yes uh, <laughs> is this happens every week. Yeah. Oh. I thought it wasn't it a one was time. Just one time. Right. So that's. Yeah, just keeps going and going. That's keeps going and going. Called me at like four o'clock on a Tuesday and was like, "Hey, I'm meaning to ask you something. Could you maybe be on our podcast? It's on uh, tomorrow." 
So like you know this is your job, right? Like you, Jeremiah. Like yeah. you'll be here next yeah, week. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool, Cameron. Can we talk later? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> it keeps going. Okay, it doesn't stop. Um, Eddie, what, what's your advice? Yeah. Um, Don't offend sponsors. You got through today's uh, sponsor. Yeah, I would without, say be cool with only one edit. So yeah. there's yeah. that. Yeah, I would say my best advice would be people outside of us right now mm-hmm. are listening to this. <laughs> so at some point, they may respond to what you say. So if you say something like maybe in sweeping generalities that you didn't really mean. Uh, like To like be funny. Like I don't know how many people right. listen to it, but it's way more than just the five, six people that we see right now. It's so, between, each week is between 200 and 600,000 downloads. So when you think about that, just kind of don't say a lot of the stuff so that you may think. in my interview... You said two to six, and I thought you meant people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the room with you. At in the, yeah, time, right. Yeah. In the room, and then we just all hang out later and listen to it. Yeah, yeah this is that's what I assumed it was too. And I, 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 I stepped we all on just some do toes. That a hundred thousand times. You're telling me that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We stepped on some toes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, I would say if anybody says something unkind about you on Twitter, Jeremiah, mm-hmm. um, Eddie is the person that you want to involve. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Just text him like 18 or 20 times back and forth yeah. about how to handle it. Respond directly, it together. directly and harshly and publicly. <laughs> okay. That's how I would do it. You know, uh, Bob Goff, he just blocks people. I've started to. Yeah, yep. that's great. Like, he, doesn't re- he doesn't reply, and he just blocks them. He's like, I don't need to see the negativity in my feed. Should I be worried that people are going to go through my Twitter feed and just find anything that's yes. offensive? Yes. That I- so I should, yeah. I should probably check Yeah, that. I scrubbed mine. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, like the guy who took over The Daily Show, he should have yeah. done Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 JRI, I would recommend my, my one piece of advice that I learned one time the hard way, and we'll never have to learn again, is don't ask listeners to send you ideas for challenges of mental endurance. <laughs> 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 they... They will spiral out of control very rapidly. And the next thing you know. And today's feedback coming up later, people have been giving us uh, ideas for Jesse's first tattoo, which you committed to do. Which I'm open to, but unlike the other one, I didn't commit to. Right. Uh, Unlike Nickelback, I did not commit to. I am open, though. I think you did. That sounded like a promise. We can, we can listen to it back. Sounded, well, I don't know. I don't think, I think we have it. Sort of like a commitment to me. It sounded I think like absolutely. Eddie, well, you committed to getting a tattoo with Sean at Lollapalooza. I did. I did, I did and, commit to that. I did, Eddie I did not committed th- you to doing one of the ones that the people suggest. Right. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see how we'll see yeah. how solid Eddie's commitment is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you totally agreed with me at some point. So done. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, we talked to Christy Knuckles, who uh, just released a new worship album. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Remember, Shauna was on a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago. She's like, I love this album before it came out. I hadn't heard it yet. It's it's amazing. Shauna has good taste. Uh, So so Christy's coming up later. And we also talked to, or Jesse talks to, uh, he's known as Science Mike. Yes, I love him. uh, He has a lot of interesting things to say about the intersections of science and culture. You may know him as one of the hosts of The Liturgist. He's a speaker um, and he was able to answer a lot of interesting uh, questions about where science uh, plays into uh, conversations about faith and some big questions that are being asked right now. So if anybody knows Jesse at all, he has a, a handful of interests. Close-up magic. Close-up magic would be among the, uh, the most. Feats of mental agility. And strength. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, some people think that he's just a silly dude sometimes, yeah. Jesse, because yeah, of like, the persona he like plays. Like just a those. big old goofball. But he right? is actually a thinker, <laughs> and one of the things he's really passionate about is like this science. He like listens to complex talks and he reads really deep books about philosophy and science and and all this stuff and and uh jesse's a thinker 
And so he wanted to talk to Science Mike. Shocking. Yeah, so Science Mike is a, is a Kendrick <laughs> spirit who's much, much smarter than me. There you go. He is, he's like your sensei. Science Mike is my sensei. You think we'd call I, you if you? I mean, he got if there was science, a science dojo. Yeah, he would be there. Do you think you'll be Magic Jesse, or what I, do you think you'd be? What would you like to be? Yeah, maybe just close up Magic. Jesse. Close up Magic, just really specify it. That yeah. would clarify for people. That's cool, man. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, that's coming up later. And now it's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, May twenty sixth. There's it's a good little uh, lineup for Christians. Uh, on Tuesday, mm. May 26th. Amen. John Foreman's coming out with the Wonderland Sunlight EP. Is he still with Switchfoot? Yes. He just is a solo thing. He just wants to do things not with those guys. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just new he's things. Put out, he put, he's put out some solo albums. I get it. Yeah. The yeah. He has a yeah. bunch of itches he needs to scratch. Right, Dave. Dave Matthews does some solo stuff, does some band stuff. I get yeah, it. there you go. <laughs> let's, not, let's not bring Dave into this. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> you know, he did that Tim Reynolds CD that Eddie's still, yeah. it's in, still in rotation. <laughs> Heavy on the Tim Reynolds beat. That guy shreds, man. <laughs> he's so good. Hey, Eddie's got that loaded in the 90s CD changer <laughs> in his trunk. <laughs> Watch the bumps. <laughs> <laughs> the Vaccines is coming out uh, with English Graffiti. Lifehouse is still making music oh, uh, with Out of the Wasteland, Neat. which I think is talking about their last season of their career. hi oh. uh, I'm kidding. They're not a sponsor, are they? No. Okay. Unknown Mortal Orchestra is coming out with Multi-Love. I think it's about polygamy. <laughs> oh and Hillsong United is coming out with Empires, which oh, neat. we learned no, a couple weeks away. ago by accident that it's a collaboration <laughs> with Derek Minor. Yeah, no, it's not. At yeah. all. <laughs> Derek Miner actually coming up on the show later on today. <laughs> Looking forward <Twice>. to that. <laughs> we have bookend uh, interviews with Derek Miner. It's the same. Uh, if, if you Buddy. don't know what we're talking about, then listen to last week's no. show and then a couple months listen ago. Listen to show. the deleted version of last week's show. <laughs> uh, movie releases coming out on Friday, May 29th. Aloha. It's a new Cameron Crowe film. He wrote and directed it. Man, I'm nervous about this. Bradley one. Cooper, Alec Baldwin, Emma Stone, Bill Murray. Uh, a celebrated military contractor returns to the site of his greatest career triumphs, the U.S. space program in Honolulu, Hawaii, and uh, reconnects with a long-ago love, Rachel McAdams. Uh, now, Cameron, you, you, you made a comment that I, was, that I am old because I am looking forward to a Cameron Crowe movie the other day. I, we were in an editorial planning meeting, and we were talking about you know magazine stuff. We want to pursue stuff for the website, and uh, he, Jesse excitedly brought up, I, I think we should go after Cameron Crowe. And, and everybody under 30 in the room stared blankly at the screen at, at Jesse. And I'm like, Jesse, I think you might be old. And, uh, oh, no. Yeah, they were yeah. all like, and then when somebody goes almost famous, they're like, oh, yeah, we've heard of that. Yeah, human head weighs eight pounds. <laughs> yeah. What? We've heard of that? Oh, yeah. oh, no. But none of them had seen it. And we, it definitely wasn't like instrumental in their lives like, like Jesse's. It's about a young music journalist, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that movie, but I'm saying like all the Cameron Crowe <laughs> movies, it's like there's a certain age demographic yeah. that still gets excited uh, about well, it. I'm well, right in maybe it. Maybe this excited. one will change all. Oh that. yeah, I'm totally right in it's it. It's all happening. Yeah. This, this will this will ignite a, a new generation's passion for Cameron Crowe, much <laughs> like Eddie's covers ignites a new generation for Dave <laughs> right. Matthews. Band. You know what? It's going too far, Jess. It's going too far. <laughs> Let's save ourselves the text conversation afterwards. Why don't you just drop it? <laughs> all right, Pally. He's a voice of a generation. <laughs> so, an he's older the generation. voice of a generation who owned Jeep Wranglers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and wore Life is Good t-shirts. Life he was the voice good. of that generation. 
Man. Uh, also coming out in theaters, San Andreas, uh, the rock movie. I'm sorry, Dwayne Johnson. It's about the San Andreas Fault finally giving out. It's a big action movie, and I think it's way too close to the Nepal earthquakes wow. for it to be okay. Again. Oh, that's true, yeah. You know? I mean, like, yeah. two weeks ago, like, there's But they didn't know that. Of- Maybe. You delay it, man. Yeah. You just say, you know, we're going to just happened a put that out times. in September. They did that with that movie, The Watch, Ben Stiller's movie. What? what when the Trayvon Mark, because it was called it was Neighborhood, right, Neighborhood Watch. No. And they, oh had, they delayed it. And they did it with Spider-Man when uh, 9-11 happened. They right. took the, you know, I feel like it's not unheard of to be sensitive to. But maybe they could just change it. They could just redo the movie to like a buddy comedy or something. Or just real, recut it real quick. <laughs> it's all a matter of editing. Right. Yeah, that's like a long weekend. It's like a little project. I've yeah. Heard. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So that's your entertainment releases. All right. Jesse? <laughs> what? You're just sitting there laughing, not saying anything, like offended. You're doing all right? No, I'm not I'm not offended. I'm just, you know, I'm you know, Cameron Crowe, he's not offending anyone, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's much safer. Look at that cast. Read that cast again. Bradley Cooper, Bill Murray. That, that show that the thing is old. too many Those famous are, people. Rachel McAdams, yeah. Emma Stone. When there's too many famous people, I think it's a recipe. Like for a Woody failure. Allen movie? Totally. Yeah. I do, I do. I think when they load it up with famous people, you're like, well, of course I'm going to see it because Bill Murray is in it and he's my hero. It's the Avengers of indie films. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done, new guy. I came with that one prepared, too. I was really hoping we'd get to Cameron Crowe. Yeah, Crow. you just... Why, you just <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah. We'll talk Man. about the new Cameron Crowe. Avengers yeah. of indie films. This is going to kill. All right. Well, that'll do it for your uh, entertainment releases and new guy introductions. Yeah. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Tell them I'll be here. This portion of the show is brought to you by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding ring. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for your active lifestyle. Made from medical grade silicone, Kalo rings are perfect for surfers, crossfitters, drummers, firefighters, nurses, construction workers, and anyone who is tired of choosing between your life and your wedding ring. Kalo wants to empower your commitment to marriage all the time. So come and join the Kalo community's passionate pursuit of the best life has to offer. Kalo rings start at only $15.99, so go to Kalo.com. That's Q-A-L-O.com. And use the promo code RELEVANT at the checkout to get 15% off any purchase. Kalo. Commitment is contagious. You're listening to Alicia Cara. The song is here. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard the Elwins with the song Show Me How to Move. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, my my dream of major transactions, uh, you know, being transformed in society from being solely monetary issues to contest is one step closer to becoming a reality. You may remember, listeners may remember a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, when we talked about a main bed and breakfast yeah. uh, that was sold via an essay contest. Right. So, well, so it was worth, a, like, what, a million dollars? Yeah. yeah but so there were stipulations, like, you had to work at the bed and You couldn't just win it and then sell it. You had to work there for, like, a couple of years or something. I got really excited about that. I spent yeah. a lot of time thinking about what it was going to be like for me to run my bed and breakfast in Maine. Yeah. Did you? Did you actually? Did you uh, submit an essay? I, d- I did not. Oh no. 
I just put I put most of my energy toward imagining how much I would like running a bed and breakfast in Maine and not entering. Well, uh, there's another opportunity Please. if you want to uh, have if you want to use your essay writing skills because a family in Houston heard about this story, thought it was such a good idea that they are selling their home via the same method. Their home is evidently worth around four hundred thousand dollars, so it sounds like a pretty nice home. Um, and they. What do you say? This is going to be wrecked. This whole thing now. Everybody's going to be doing this. This whole model of selling. What? No, magically, people just don't want money anymore. No, it's going to be messed up. All right, go ahead, Jesse. Real quick, Eddie. What's your problem with it? Because when we first heard the first, when we heard the first story, we're like, "Wow, what a fun, creative idea!" Also, I bet all these people with their like entry fee, like she's going to make like crazy money. It's like win-win. That's right. It was like a hundred dollars to enter, right? Right. And this family's going to be like, "Oh, here's okay. Now we're going to get a million dollars, and then it's just going to be like." Kickstarter, where everybody's got like a thousand ideas. Uh, I'm like, okay, sorry. I guess well, I, I guess I want real It's only hundred fifty dollars for this one, Eddie. <laughs> sorry. So, so the family they heard about the main thing. They thought it was a good idea. So instead of selling it in the traditional manner, they are having a two hundred word essay contest. Uh, but in order to submit an essay, you have to pay a hundred fifty dollar fee. Now, if no one wins. If they if they get an essay if they read all of them are like uh, I don't I don't we don't we don't want to give our house to one of these people they'll refund all of the entry fees um, but they said they don't even they're not looking at it as a contest they said these are heartstring letters which are common in real estate transactions when you have multiple offers on a house so yeah. really it's just cutting out the middleman of trying to get like a mortgage or loan or whatever well, sounds like a raffle to me so you can buy a hundred fifty dollar ticket and you might win a four hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, I, I guess that is true. Yeah, but but if no one wins, you get your money back. Yeah, uh, and they, they will need to get about 2,500 offers to get the home's appraised value. Uh, at, at, at this point, only 300 have come in. But, I mean, there's still, I don't, I don't think they put any kind of deadline on it. But so I, I'm just surprised that your guys' reaction uh, is negative to this. I think it's a way better way of doing any type of transaction but, is to have contest first of all i'll tell you if they get to 2500 they're gonna find a winner but if they are under 2500 entries they're gonna be like oh none of these quite worked we'll refund everybody their (laughs) money it's just jesse i have a question is there anything like special (laughs) or unusual about this house evidently according to the headline it's in a trendy neighborhood yeah (laughs) so basically you can just win a nice suburban house with just nice you know they have the uh you don't have switches for the lights you have dimmers for every one of them so that's okay there we go that's a dream a dream winner (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, granite countertops i'm presuming i mean probably an outdoor grill no, Very I don't think nice. there's anything. I don't think it has any like historic value or anything like that. Like, I don't think there's a narrative quality to the house. I think you just have to find a good thing to write. 200, 200 words isn't much of an essay, no. by the way. I think that's what's interesting about it, though, because there was sort of, like the the main bed and breakfast thing is like you know a particular location with a particular history and kind of this interesting experience attached to it. Like I'm thinking right. of like my neighborhood, just like. Totally normal suburban yeah. houses. Yeah. I'd like to do this for a car or something that I own. Like I, I, I want, I want to, to give something of a lot of value to someone who can convince me that they're going to do something awesome with my car. Mark this. This was the like Jesse, a Thelma and Louise thing. This was like, the Jesse like run it off the cliff. Well, well, preferably not <laughs> suicide. Have you seen suicide, Thelma and Louise? But- no. We, you need to not reference that until you've seen it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think <laughs> someone wrote and said, I, this is going to be my method of taking my own life along with my bandit friend. I would probably not choose that essay. But if yeah. you said I'm going to enter into a devolution derby, you might, I might have a winner there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, yeah. So, you, but you guys are totally against this. I thought this was a cool thing. Like I said, I would like to see more of the economy move in this direction, and not just essay writing contests. Feats of strength would be nice too. It's the lottery. It's just raffles and lotteries. Right. This has always been part of our economy. I think it's fun for like dream scenarios. Like I liked it for the like main the main thing. I did too. Buying just somebody's suburban house is like <laughs> it's fine, but just feels. I don't know. I feel like it's going to like it's going to wreck the whole thing and everybody's going to be like letter writing contests for everything to try to like when you, when you say wreck the whole thing, you mean that one thing that happened like three months ago? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you're going to hear more and more and more of it. And like all of a sudden a section uh, for on Craigslist. Uh, well, there right. kind of is uh, free and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, convince me I should the, give you this. Andy, I would look at it the opposite way. I would say, so you could do it the old way, which is paying money for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could do it the new way, which is writing phenomenal essays for things. And we're writers. We should love this idea, right? That's what I'm saying. I, what Sean, I, I think we're on the same money. page. What yeah. I have is the semi ability to write. This is a good, this is a move in a direction I like. I'm seeing this as a market, like a microeconomics thing. I feel like the market's going to be flooded with this and the opportunities, like the interest in it will decline because the availability of it is going to be just. So much. I got really, really. This is a. Uh, no, you are you, dying. You're, you're losing yeah. me here, Eddie. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Let me let me rewind. I don't care. Let yeah, me start yeah, over with that. That's I don't care. What I was thinking. I, I hope. I mean, I I do think it's kind of lame to give away a suburban home, but I hope that somebody wins their dream home in suburban, God knows where, Texas, Houston. Houston. Who's ever heard of that, right? <laughs> oh, in, <laughs> in the middle of like Houston. the sixth biggest city in the country. <laughs> but whatever. Some one horse town and. Texas. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> your life. But, but, but what if it was beyond, what if it was beyond essay writing? What if it was, what if for you, like you, you had something of value and you said, everyone gets, you know, to, to, uh, for $100, you come play me best two out of three in racquetball. <laughs> Or feats of strength, like yeah, if you could if you could spatch cock a frozen turkey, oh, I have. then <laughs> you win a house. I should do. What do I have that I could do? Because I will just I'll think of it. But I have a racquetball racket. I just broke the strings on. We could do a letter writing contest for a few of my old racket. But let's see who <laughs> wants that. We need to keep brainstorming on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say for some reason Eddie a house seems a bit more compelling, <laughs> a little more cool. You're yeah. moving. You could just give away your old house. Yeah, the, the yeah. Samantha Shude uh, murder house. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, write the theory. See, there you go. Um, there's a narrative we've been looking for. Yeah, yeah. Want to live in a totally creepy house that's haunted? Here you go. Yeah, t- to my ha- to my knowledge, this trend, this house in a trendy part of Houston was not uh, the location of a murder. <laughs> that's my essay. Think about the entries you would get. <laughs> yeah, from murder the house. Creepiest people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, actually, we were going to refund everybody's money. This was <laughs> terrifying. Well, well, I well, I guess me and Shauna will be in the running for this home. <laughs> All right, what do you have, Shauna? So, uh, two 19-year-olds in Canada had kind of a rough day not too long ago. They got desperately lost, so lost that they had to call 911, and a canine unit had to come find them. <laughs> uh, the, the, the two interesting facts about this, uh, uh, number one, they were in a park. Okay. And number two, they were super, super high. Oh, my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So went to a park, took an, an a, like a truly shocking amount of drugs, couldn't find their way out of this relatively small public park, called 911, and the uh, the dispatcher said, Can you what are some identifying aspects? What do you see? What are some things that would help us find you? And they said, Trees. Well, and the future. I see it <laughs> all. Trees is what they saw. And then um, he, the dispatcher said, We're sending a canine unit. It'll be faster if you yell 
help, help, help. And then we'll, we'll know to come find you. And instead the guy said, yeah, in a quiet voice. <laughs> oh, no. And that's what alerted them to the fact that there probably were some drugs involved. So the finally... The canine unit found them, and they found the two young men silently staring off into the sky, totally confused about who was coming to look for them because they had forgotten. Mm. <laughs> so uh, they did get taken uh, to the station uh, and then to the hospital, but they couldn't be charged with anything because their their drugs were not on their person. They were in, in, in their, their person. In their person. Yeah. Yeah. Have they never heard that phrase, come when you're sober, then just leave when it's over? Wow. So oh. tell us more about your history. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know that phrase. Well, I'm, I'm not at yeah. all advocating getting inebriated in any way. Remember, you're talking to a lot of people right, right here. <laughs> not yeah, you're trying advocating. to. You're, you're just. I'm you're taking just no kids, stance. As the kids say, pre-gaming. I'm just right. sober. Right. Pre-gaming. <laughs> right. As the kids say. So you co- you you come. Okay. You're sober. Uh-huh. So you know you know how, you know how to get there. Right. Oh, yeah. they're not, so they're going into the woods and they're just hanging out and having a hike. Right. They're just a couple of hiking buddies into a small patch of woods, more right. like a tree in my friend's backyard. But generally, <laughs> we're going into the woods. Right. Just a beautiful park. Right. You clear-headed, you know, nice right. day. And, and if that's something that you need to do, you do your thing. People and do that a yeah, lot. It's called yeah. hiking. Hiking. Yeah. We're just going to. But the then park. they have mountains of stuff. Just mountains of drugs. Yeah. And then you just you know. D- Wait till it's gone. Do what you gotta to do to make any to make any decisions. So you're saying yeah. their mistake was in the trying middle of their out. confusion, right. trying to leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just their mistake wasn't drug use that's wrecking their life. The right. mistake. Jeremiah Dunlap, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to have you. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I fully understand the logic. So Eddie's, <laughs> Eddie's first this. week, uh, we learned about Asians' eating preferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your first week, we're learning how to do drugs. How in to park. do drugs correctly uh, in a park. Okay. In in Canada. In Canada. All right. Right. We're doing very well. niche, very <laughs> specific <laughs> skill set. Right. I think I think a trail of breadcrumbs. What could go right. wrong there? Yeah, Just follow them right back out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Okay. Generally, if you had to guess, how long would any of you say the attention span of a goldfish is? Uh, half a second. Half a second. Okay. I'd Anybody? Say a couple seconds. I give it a couple seconds. Define couple. Give me like a three, give me a number. Well, like couple three. is two. Okay. Yeah. I would say three. A few is a few, a few is three. Is three. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, uh, Shauna, Jesse, want to do a quick guess? I, I think even smaller, less than half a second. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You know, on the on the other end of the spectrum, I'm gonna say they they have like two minutes of attention. <laughs> two minutes. That you can just taunt them with an empty hand <laughs> okay, above stop, the bowl. Stop. stop. It's to nine, make them it's think nine you're seconds. Sprinkling food it's, in there. it's nine seconds. I don't want you to do this to yourself. It's nine seconds. So let's oh, just. Do I do I have food? Do I have fish food here? What do you think? Two He's floating around. Minutes. Sucka. Yeah. Want to watch a Seinfeld? Okay, thing? you're not getting goldfish. Today. All right. So just hold that little piece of information. A goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds, which is about the attention span of our average listener. Yeah. Interesting that you bring that up. A 54-page study sought to understand what impact technology is having on today's digital lives and are having on the intention span of humans. The researchers... Real quick, Eddie. Sorry, you said again, you lost me. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I not expect that? Why didn't I just keep going? The researchers collected data from surveys of over 2,000... It says Canadians, but we'll just say 2,000 people. uh, All of them were over... Why was that inadvertently insulting? I don't know why, but it was. Sorry, Canada, again. They were all over the age of 18. They played games and interacted online when we're using their smartphones and we're studied how they use their smartphones and their brain activity was recorded. Now, they did this study in the year 2000. Humans had a, a attention span of 12 seconds. 12 seconds. Goldfish, wow. nine. Uh, humans in 2000, uh, or 12. 
so those in the age group of 18 to 34 had a 31% uh, higher attention span than those in the age group of 55 and uh, over 35%. The bottom line, uh, humans now have an attention span of eight seconds. So they are saying they did a very exhaustive survey and we have an attention span because of all of the devices and things that we have of around eight seconds. And I think that that is absolutely crazy. So the goldfish now have a longer attention span than us. Wow. Isn't that insane? That, Are we already bored with this? Because it's like I was about to say you just proved it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like so. Out. All I caught was eight seconds at the end. Something about so there's something about goldfish in there. Yeah, yeah right. I did. I did get a little fuzzy with the math. I think my favorite stat of the whole survey was 77 percent of the people 18 to 24 responded yes when they were asked when nothing is occupying my attention the first thing I do is reach for my phone. 70 percent, 77 percent of the people said yes. So our attention spans are absolutely. Uh, dying, and that is my slice. I just wanted to bring that as a PSA to kind of a feel the good world. slice, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. But, but but I mean, what's the alternative? So we, so you said seventy seven percent of of this age group, mm-hmm. if nothing is occupying their attention, they'll reach for their phone. What I mean, if nothing is occupying their attention, is that is opposed to staring off into space. I will look at a, a device that has lots of entertaining things on it. Like, right. I, I don't know if I, don't, I know what they're trying to prove I, with that I, question. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know that this is a bad thing because I think you could uh, maybe test on the other side of the equation. Uh, are we able to multitask, follow through, yes. do things? Yes, they're saying that the more mul- quickly we can process yes. more quickly, we can do. Da, yes. da, 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 da. That is part of the study. They are actually saying yes. The ability to multitask is uh, is seen raised dramatically. But to me, and I. Like, it, I mean, I like being able to multitask, and I do feel like I can juggle a few things at one time. I do feel like, and though I haven't been able to name it, like there is something lost a little bit in the ability to not just stand in line, right? Well, and I just think, wait. But I don't know why. Why do I care? Why not just. I mean, to me, like, again, yeah, like Jesse was saying, it's dead time. If I'm standing in line, I might as well just like see if there's somebody I need to reply to real quickly or whatever. I mean, to me, it's not a bad thing. I do think there's an intentional, it, you know, feast and fa- I mean, you need to fast and feast. I think you need, I think there needs to be solitude and intentionality to create margin and unplug. Mm-hmm. I think we need to create Sabbaths, you know, for even technology and, and all of this, just yeah. so there's balance and health in our lives. But in the in a day-to-day, in a but normal day-to-day, I, I'm, I'm the worst at it if it's a bad thing. But yeah. I'm always like I've got two or three things and at any given moment kind of happening in front of me. Yeah, and I am too. I have just to say, like I am terrible at this as well. But like I, I do wonder like over the pace of a day, if we didn't have a smartphone for a day, like how differently would you be perceiving your day and how would you end your day and how differently would your mind be constructed if you were just bored in line I at w- a Publix for a couple minutes? I would say personally, I mean like what I do professionally what I feel even God's called me to do. I'm able to do more because of these devices. I'm able to stay on top of things. I have all the plates spinning, you know, my home's in order, my work's in order. I can keep things moving, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't be able to, I really wouldn't. I would need, I wouldn't be able to do it by myself, you know? Mm -hmm. These things help me like, oh, I need to make sure that dinner is going to be ready when I get home with Cohen and so I could call ahead. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be able to juggle all of it without some of those things. I think okay. sometimes it, it's, I think my problem with it is, is I, and I think that sometimes it increases my quantity of 
ability, but it doesn't always increase the quality of my ability. Like, but I don't know. Um, also, you have a you have you have an Apple Watch. I haven't yeah. seen one in the wild. <laughs> I think it's ironic that I just noticed that, and you've got the first one. Yeah. yeah, it's neat. But it's those things that I think like are moments of creativity or moments of realization that I think I strip myself of because I'm always ingesting. Like I think it's helpful to be bored, but maybe it's what you said, Cameron, and maybe I'm making too much of it. That it's just like you, seasons of it. Like make like make sure you're taking times and periods of rest, even if that's daily, and you know putting phone in a drawer at night. Well, or well, and the intentionality of if you're always ingesting to 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 create i mean uh one of the things that uh okay so yeah we mentioned a few weeks ago like i i if i get the chance to talk to some of these like kind of church leaders and stuff i want to know like yeah how they how they so i asked rick warren once uh what do you do to recharge yeah because i mean you're on all day right? right you're leading or you're teaching or you're whatever like what do you do to recharge and he said i garden and he said it's incredibly important that if you are if you have a job where you're using your brain or your whatever all day long, you need to work with your hands uh, as to to recharge. Yeah. And if you have a job where you're re, you know manual labor, that you need to be reading and and intellectually stimulating yourself to recharge. Yeah. And so he's very intentional that the way he recharges is in his garden. Well, if you're working with your hands in your garden, you don't have a device on you, and yeah. so your mind is freed up, and then. You know, yeah. God can speak to you and, you know, uh, creativity can hit. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I was, I don't do this because of what he said, but like I do the same. I work in my yard. And yeah. so every weekend I'm out there working in the yard in the evening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be out there weeding and it's, it's like recharging for yeah. me doing manual labor in my yard, you know, but, yeah. but it's that creating that space where you don't have yeah. the devices, you know, yeah. and that's the key to me. So, yeah. so my personality is, I have a pretty addictive personality. And so, like, I'll dive in deep on something, or I'll, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'm all in about it, and go into the woods and just kind of bro down. <laughs> so, so I have to be very aware of like not going too far with something. So yeah. I have to create, like, yeah, I have to fast, or I'll have mm-hmm. to not eat cheesecake, or I'll have to like, you know, I'll, like, it just I have to put those barriers. And so doing things like like that, like, yeah. all the devices off, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll go through seasons where I'll yeah. do that, and I like yeah. purge. And then I and then I find like a new balance. I break whatever, yeah, because I think it's if it's mindless addiction. Right. There's studies that are coming out. I think we're going to talk about it in the magazine. Like they're 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 doing things that teens and and twenties are um, they're taking their devices away and they're going through physical withdrawal symptoms like as though they were drug addicted to drugs. Mm, man. Like their their hands are shaking. Uh, they they have twitch. You know, like it's a habitual thing to yeah. check the phone. It's not an intentional thing. And that's where I think the line is. It's like if it's an intentional thing of like, hey, I wonder what the score was. Let me check it real quick. You know, yeah. you, that's different than just like, I have to, I have to, I have to, like you're mm-hmm. always looking at it almost just as like a, yeah. you know, it's a thoughtless action. Yeah. And that's where I think like, okay, you know, people get in trouble with like alcohol. It's not like going out and have a glass of wine with dinner, but it's the thoughtless consumption of alcohol or the habitual mm-hmm. consumption. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that's the slippery slope that we need to be conscious of. So I don't care. I'll play freaking Candy Crush in church and it's not harming my ability to intake the sermon as long as I'm not distracting anybody or causing anybody to stumble. Stop inviting me to that. I don't want to be. I don't want to <laughs> offend anybody. But hey, it didn't bother me, so whatever. But if I, that was my choice. Like I chose. Yeah. It's not like I just need to have screens it, on. Yeah. Well, but but that but that's the thing. Like for me, it's like well, I don't know what that time would be. I mean, it might be filled with reading something else or like, like the Bible or something. Right. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Christian I'll burn. Be, yeah. No, but. I mean, it's like if I'm not if I'm not reading the news first thing in the morning, 
you know, I could be eating cereal in silence or something, you know, which I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't necessarily see it always as a vice. I can see where if you, if it's like eating into your ability to socialize or be normal in community settings, then that seems harmful. But that's the line is like relational, you know, I think that's true. I agree. I think it's it's relational, like just interpersonally, but especially kids. Yeah. I think those are the areas that I'm most conscious of. It. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I, I feel like, yeah, I would either be reading a book or I'm reading something on my phone. But when I'm when I realize that my kids want my full attention, or that I'm with a group of people and I'm tempted to not give them my full attention, that's where I feel like I need to get better at that. Yeah, looking at families at a at a restaurant oh, and everybody's on a screen that, that crushes just, me. Yeah, I know, and, you, I, and I just don't. I, we won't I go know. there. I'm just not going to go there. Well, yeah. Do you guys like? I know you have kids. Do you have like really specific rules about like? Because I have a lot of siblings that have kids, and they all have like. You can have this much time on a yeah. Some we kind we of have device. screen time. He yeah. Cohen is five, and he can earn through good behavior or helping around the house. He can earn like screen time because he loves little video games and stuff. Uh-huh. And I, I but the whole like just mindless. Oh, I look yeah. up and five hours later he was playing Mario all afternoon. Right. That doesn't happen. Yeah, we had no screen time before too. My girls didn't didn't see a single screen before two years old, and still kind of like don't know how to process it. So it's like a really valuable, like, all right, we need four silent minutes right now. And you can just, you could literally just turn on a screensaver and they're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? How did well, I? The, the, watch these slow pans f- from pictures of Yosemite. Yeah. On. <laughs> really though. This is blowing they, my mind. They will freak out. Lucy will just be like, look at that. That bear. That bear is eating a fish. And that's uh, what she loves it. Or those old it's windows a ones. Slow pan. Hand. <laughs> Do you remember the windows ones that had the pipes that would like grow themselves? Oh, the pipes, those yeah. were great. Oh, Oh, actual Windows logos kind of flying oh, yeah. at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're just a... flying into galaxies of Windows. Oh, that's days. back in like Cameron Crowe era, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we really uh, learned something today, didn't we? Yeah, we did. The edited version of that conversation will be pretty compelling, probably. <laughs> Maybe. Right, we're, we got to keep it to eight seconds because <laughs> I, I else we're going to lose a lot of people. Hi-oh. All right, well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. To our next guest, uh, Christy Knuckles. The song is Let It Be Jesus. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Bright Peak Financial, who's on a mission to empower young Christian families to build financial strength and discover the joy in giving back. 
Bright Peak has a really cool challenge going on right now. For every new subscriber to their free monthly newsletter, which is full of helpful tips and resources to keep your financial life on track, they'll donate $2 to support women entrepreneurs in the developing world through their partner, Opportunity International. So let's help Bright Peak and Opportunity International hit their goal of 50,000 new subscribers. That's $100,000 donated. Just a click can make a difference for yourself and others around the world. Go to brightpeakfinancial.com slash relevant to sign up or learn more. Christy, uh, you know Christy Knuckles. I mean, she's... Okay, so she and her husband, Nathan, were Watermark Uh for a number of years. And then uh, they moved to Atlanta to join up with Passion City Church. And uh, they... She leads worship there with like... Chris Tomlin and Christian Stanfield and uh, has released worship albums since like 2008. So she has a brand new one that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago called Let It Be Jesus. It's a live album and it's really fantastic. But I mean, you know her stuff if you've been passion. I mean, any of the passion stuff, uh, Christine Alcos is all over it. She's a huge worship leader. I actually think I heard that song at Passion. Yeah. When I was there oh. attending one time. There you yeah, go. That's cool. I didn't realize all that. Yeah. So she has a new album uh, that just came out, Let It Be Jesus. Our very own Dargan Thompson talked to her. Here is Christy Knuckles. I know you. This is your third solo album, um, "Let It Be Jesus." Um, what made you decide to do a live album as opposed to another studio album? Well, really, the songs kind of informed um, the live record option and our decision. We, um, you know, I've I've always just tried to do what was most authentic to me in the season that I'm in, you know, looking back on it, I don't know that like ever really determined that, but it just looking back on it was like, you know, that seems to be the pattern in my life is that I've just, just tried to really respond. I think a record is, is often, especially when you're a writer, it's a response sort of to the season you just lived, you know? And so Mm -hmm. this record really is, is that is very much that same way where it's this response to, um, the season that I was in and that, you know, caused me to write the songs that I wrote and, and, you know, my last record was Into the Glorious and it was pretty stripped down and, um, really kind of more singer songwriter. And that was the songs I wrote, you know, but this time around when I would sit down to write, I kept writing these very corporate worship kind of anthems almost. And I played them for my husband and he was like, I've, I've really always through the years, it's kind of funny, I've always really struggled with writing songs that were singable and mm-hmm. that were kind of usable for, you know, like a corporate experience. And it just, he just kept saying, you keep writing, you know, these anthems that are singable. And I kept waiting for like the more introspective singer-songwriter songs to come, you know, on the on the end. And they never really showed up. <laughs> I just kind of wrote a record full of um, worship songs and, you know, meaning that they're very singable and more that I would actually lead these songs in a corporate setting. So we decided that it would be a great idea to go ahead and put these 
kind of sit them in that, you know, scenario from the beginning and put them in a live setting. And it really um, worked so well. And the night itself, the recording was so special, um, I think, because it was our own community, our own friends, our church, some family were there, was there. And um, so the live thing just was very authentic to what um, season I've been in. And um, I'm really, really happy that we ended up doing it that way. I feel like there's a hard thing with worship where you kind of have to balance like writing songs that are good music but also singable and theologically accurate and worshipful. How do you Mm -hmm. kind of balance that as you're writing albums? I always want to write what I would want to listen to, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what I did with Into the Glorious. I think I was just like, um, you know, I, I think I get to do a bit of both worlds and that's been a really sweet part of getting to be a part of the Passion Conferences because I I get those moments of leading those big anthems. But then when I go do my stuff, you know, I, my ministry things, I loved the stripped-down thing and just kind of more, you know, that telling the stories behind the songs, and I love that kind of thing. So I was really intentional this time around to, okay, I was like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to make what people are going to call a worship, live worship record, I still want it to have, like you said, I mean, that theological perspective, but like artful, like melodically, like moving and pretty, but um, also, you know, some anthemic moments where the church can really sing, you know, together. And I I really feel like God just gave us such a great balance on this record and um, in all of those things, you know, where I still feel like it's artful enough. There's enough songs that have like um, an artistic kind of thing that draws me in personally. And, um, you know, I think it just, I think it was about balancing it. And, you know, we left off some songs. We recorded more than we kept. And more than we put on the record. And in the end, I really wanted it to be a journey, like that someone could put the record on and it's not too long where you totally get lost, but like from start to finish that you could listen to it. I think actually someone told me the record is 61 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you can, you know, from start to finish, go on a journey. And that's what I've always loved about, because I'm from the age and time where you actually used to, we used to sit and listen to records, you know, and that was like a cool thing to do. And you read every liner note. <laughs> and I kind of wanted that feel, you know, just when someone puts it in their car or at home, that they feel like they've had an experience um, to, yes, have those worshipful moments, but also just those um, ministry things, those deeper lyrics that 
um, and deeper truths and theology that really draw people in. That was Christy Knuckles. Uh, make sure to check out her new uh, her new live album. It's called Let It Be Jesus. It's out now. This portion of the show is brought to you by OffThePage.com. There's not a problem with the Bible. The problem is how it's presented, fractured, broken, out of context. At offthepage.com, we're not modernizing God's Word, just the way we see it, in a way that doesn't shy away from certain conversations or topics. Join the discussion and see the Bible in a whole new way. Visit offthepage.com today. You're listening to Kids. The song is Paved Paradise, which is suburban sprawl. Yeah. Uh, it's a commentary on the state of, of America and the Western world, I would think. And kids, really. Yeah. You know, tell me, man. <laughs> really covers a lot of ground. I'm, covers a lot of ground. I'm living it, it's man. It's thinky, much like our next guest, Science Mike. Good. Being wow. thinky. That was very professional. <laughs> <laughs> our next guest, uh, Mike McHargue, is, is uh, a speaker who's traveling like crazy, talking about kind of the intersection of skepticism, doubt, faith, God, science, and a fascinating man. Yeah, he's got a great story. He has uh, a podcast called Ask Science Mike, which he hosts. 
aptly. Thank goodness. Yeah. You think, it, really you think weird. it had already started and they were like, all right, now we got to just find science. We got to find a guy who knows about science. <laughs> we have to have His him. name is Doug, but yeah. yeah. Could uh, you go by science, Mike, just for this show? And as we talked about earlier, Jesse's a, a huge science nerd, a science wonk, you might say. And so... Uh, oh, you like science, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to talk to him. So yeah, here is a, a bit of Jesse's conversation with Mike McHargue. I initially reached out to you because of a story uh, that was in the news that I want to get your perspective on. And I kind of wanted to uh, chat about since we have you here on the podcast that I feel like this is one of those things where um, if someone is does encounter it and doesn't have the proper context or perspective, it can be seemingly shaking to some faith principles. And this, this type of stuff happens a lot with the story of the, the scientist Jeremy England. Yeah. I could probably attempt to explain it, but you would probably do it much more articulately <laughs> and clearly without <laughs> causing much confusion. Uh, would you? Could you give a brief rundown of what he has proposed? Sure. Jeremy England is all over the popular scientific press right now uh, because he's put forward some interesting notions. Some people have even gone so far as to call him the next Darwin, um, which is... Uh, pretty wild because (laughs) Jeremy England doesn't actually speak very much to evolution. He's effectively created a mathematical model that indicates that under certain conditions, uh, life is inevitable. So what he's talking about is a process that we don't understand well in science today, which is a biogenesis. How did inanimate matter become life? Um, and so Jeremy England's hypothesis and his equations indicate that if you take the right kind of matter, the kind of matter that is sort of inevitable after multiple stellar explosions that create planets, um, if you take those materials and you put them in a constant source of electromagnetic radiation like a star, and they're in an environment where there's a heat bath where they can emit heat easily into their surroundings, meaning they're surrounded by gases or fluids, uh, air and water would be great examples of that, then um, these materials will always, given time, organize into life because this is an extension of the laws of thermodynamics, right? So we think of thermodynamics as being the universe is bent towards chaos, you know, things become more disorderly over time and we tend to think of life as very organized which is true but in the process of creating its organization life actually accelerates entropy life will turn sunlight into waste heat faster than a rock or a volcano or an ocean and so the idea here is that in the same way that gravity and electromagnetism have this curious phenomenon to be self-organizing, meaning given materials in time, you get stars and galaxies and planets and solar systems. In the same way, there is potentially a mathematical universal principle that is an innate recipe for life in the very structure of our universe. So, So even taking God out of the equation, just from a purely 
from his pure hypothesis, which I we I probably should note that one of the things that makes him interesting, in addition to being exceptionally young for being, I think he's in his early 30s for having the sort of clout that he has, uh, but he's also a devout, I believe he practices Judaism. Yes, he um, does. And so he, he believes in God, but I... Uh, I think that's an interesting note here, but just from taking that out of, you know, the, the narrative, his, what, what is so interesting to people that do have faith is that it seems to suggest that creation is designed to create life. Would that be accurate to say? Some people take that conclusion, certainly, yeah. So for people, uh, what, what do you think are the faith implications of something like this? Well, like so many theories, um, and this is just that, it's a hypothesis. This is not a capital T theory like natural selection or gravity. Um, although the work is fascinating, it doesn't yet make any falsifiable predictions. It's not a model that projects something we don't already know. So we don't have any way to test it. And so that way it's much like the multiverse models of cosmology or, you know, any other anything else that's a popular idea that we have no proof whatsoever for. So uh, like many of those ideas uh, or even like things we understand, like uh, the, you know, formation of galaxies. It can be viewed as uh, the work of an intelligent designer, someone who's architecting a universe that, um, due to this entity's creative power, uh, makes things itself. Or it can be viewed as the opposite. It's one more thing we don't need God for because physics alone can make life. So depending on the lens that you view this finding for, it will either affirm naturalism or theism. <laughs> it's not yeah. a magic bullet for either, uh, which is so often the case with science. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it really is. I mean, because I saw the same headlines with, but with when I was reading more about this this story, like you said, it's been in the in the press, particularly you know different science outlets a lot lately. I've seen headlines that have both said. Something along the lines of, you know, uh, a formula that proves God or this is a creationist worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like the, released on the same day with the same information, two opposite conclusions. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it, it's so interesting that that's the cultural point that a lot of discussions automatically go to is does this or does this not prove God? Not, hey, this is uh, an interesting principle about the universe. It's they, and, and obviously that has something probably to do with media culture and clickbait. But I think it speaks to an impulse that a lot of people are looking to science not just to better understand the universe, but to try to make sense of their spirituality, which sometimes I feel like may not be the best source for that, but it, it may be. From your experience... Does science inform your own spirituality in terms of when you're when you're researching or studying? Do you feel like you have the same sort of spiritual benefits and development that you would from reading about something that's more traditionally geared toward internal reflection, like literature or devotion or you know some sort of reading of scripture does science do that for you now that you 
have developed a, like a, a context for it? Well, a couple of things. One, um, this media culture is responding to needs in the public consciousness. And the public consciousness is driven by two conflicting natural human biases. One, human beings are biased towards certainty dramatically. We like to know things and we like to know that we know them with tremendous certainty. Uh, And this is related to how our consciousness emerged from how our brains evolved. One of the most powerful human features is the ability to forecast the future in our imagination. And we like to know our imagination is right more than it's wrong because that's how we defeat animals that are bigger, stronger, faster, with bigger teeth and bigger claws than us. The second thing human beings have a need for, and this is documented, is a cognitive, psychological need for God. Human beings may not have a God-shaped hole in their hearts, but they have a God-shaped set of neurocognitive biases, okay? So when you combine this need for certainty with a need to know God, well, science is tremendous at providing evidence to increase your confidence in a belief. So because it works well as that kind of tool, people then take science and try to apply it to their faith. Now, back to the question, and this relates for me, Absolutely, for me, uh, science can be a deeply, deeply spiritual process. Um, When I contemplate the fact that I'm composed of an unfathomable number of particles uh, and that with every breath I commune with the rest of humanity and even uh, over time I breathe the same molecules that Jesus Christ breathed when he was on earth, that we're all made out of this same fundamental stuff and that this stuff was baked in the heart of a star so that we could be born. Uh, When I realize that I represent an unbroken line of genetic information that extends all the way back to the origin of life in the first place, when I contemplate these higher order themes, and I see the work of God in them, uh, absolutely, that is a deeply profound, awe-inspiring, and moving experience. Even when I study the brain, uh, even when I study uh, the ways that our brains respond to spirituality and the gift that can be in how we uh, experience this life, that propels me toward awe. It actually took a while when my faith returned for me to be able to have the same level of awe and the same level of spiritual experience with things like prayer or meditation and devotion as I do with science. For a while, it was actually easier for me to experience and know God through science than it was through traditional spiritual means. Today, of course, um, (laughs) today I very, very much enjoy uh, spiritual exercises, devotion, scripture reading, Uh, Those things, once again, take me to the feet of my maker. Do you still have that impulse for certainty? Or is that something that is necessary to, at times, I don't want to say suspend, but to, to keep in check? I have a really simple mental hack. 
I have absolute certainty in my uncertainty. <laughs> Anything I know today, I've realized that I may be wrong tomorrow. I've stopped trying to view life as a puzzle. I don't look at God as a Rubik's Cube anymore. And instead, every day I accept the gift that I have been given, that I am a piece of the universe that is conscious, aware, and can experience joy and sorrow and can know that I'm here and wonder why. And I experience the gift of following after God, of trying to follow and understand the teachings of Christ. And um, life is no longer a set of propositions I'm trying to master. Uh, but instead a road that I'm trying to walk. And for me, that has produced, um, I mean, that's, uh, I hate to use this term, but like a piece that passes understanding. Mm. It, it, it's so, it's so, such a comforting idea to be comfortable knowing that there are things we don't know. And even, even just beyond even beyond just faith, I, I think I think maybe last time we were talking about it, the it's a Brian Green, the physicist, who you know noted that if we're just totally reliant on our own observation, even that can you know sometimes faith is necessary. And I think the metaphor that he cre- that he proposed was in future distant future generations when starlight. You know, if the universe is expanding outward, there's a foreseeable time in the future where starlight is no longer a part of the night sky, where the starlight isn't reaching Earth because the universe is expanding outward. People will have no idea if they're only relying on observation or things that we can see and, and, you know, make sense of ourselves that the universe is full of these stars they're just too far for us to see to me when i heard that that was one thing that gave me comfort because it's like even that someone who is using the scientific method sort of acknowledging that there are some things that we have to know that we can't know absolutely and that there's tons of things (laughs) that we know we don't know today in science and there is some unfathomable amount of things that we don't even know that we don't know. And when I wake up in the morning, I realize, guess what? Uh, the biggest, most fundamental questions about reality, we don't have definitive answers to today. And we will not have definitive answers to in my lifetime with almost complete certainty. So do I um, stress about that or do I accept the gift of this day? And every morning I choose to do the latter. He said, brother, I am tired. I'm bound by society's bars. He said, brother, you too look tired. May I ask, will you name? I said, they call me. That was Mike McCargue. Uh, check him out at Ask Science Mike, his podcast, or you can find out more at MikeMcCargue.com.
You're listening to Holy Ghost Electric Show. Holy wow. Ghost Electric Show. The song is Let the Waters Rise. Holy Ghost Electric Show. I, I believe that was the name of the, the singers at Oral Roberts University. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were they what were they called? I think the, they were just the Oral Roberts singers. We had we had Souls of Fire. Souls of Fire. Were, yeah. That was well, that was the gospel the gospel group. Yeah. 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 But that was a cool name. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, corrections and apologies last week. We did okay. I saw someone wrote in that they wanted to dispel the myth that all of <laughs> Nebraskans were crafty lawnmower thieves. But aside from that, I think we're in the clear. Well, and then somebody was offended that I didn't know that I didn't know that Dolly Parton had a, a song called Code of Many Colors. I didn't know either. I'm like offended. That's that's the thing. You just expected that I should have known that. All right. Whatever. I don't apologize for that. A lot of people are saying. I had a couple. I had a couple people say they're having a hard time hearing Chad's voice every intro and outro. It's making well, a new, uh, yeah, new era. So with Jeremiah here and getting his legs under him, uh, uh, some things will be evolving with the show. Oh, okay, you ready? You ready to lay it down? It's the relevant podcast. That was it. Put that in from the creators of the relevant <laughs> magazine. <laughs> Get ready to hear that every week, you guys. Hey, everybody! So, so, so the intro and outro will change, and some other things might be in the mix well, of just a little freshening up the show a little bit. Does it? I'll find out it with help, me. Do you think it will help people know that I have Chad's blessing to have to be sitting in his seat? Yeah, because you met, know Chad. I met with Chad. I met with Chad after after we talked, and I said. Hey man, like uh, okay, I didn't know this. So yeah. after you and I met, after you, yeah, yeah, I was like, you hey, went and met so with Chad and like, tell me how horrible I he like, is. Yeah, I like went behind your back Love and I it. was like, this is everything that met he with, said about you. And with your parents, he met with both your parents, yeah. your mom and dad, yeah, your wow. brother, yeah, oh wow, everybody. So <laughs> tell us about it. I know a lot of personal. Information. So you met with Chad, huh? So and then uh, yeah. you still said yes. Well, yeah, I, I said, like it. I, I said, hey, let's let's. <laughs> I'd love to grab lunch and like talk over like what you did and get a real feel for like. And Chad's like, I actually. I have every day free. So <laughs> right. a breakfast, lunch, dinner, anytime you want. Yeah. Actually, you want to just roll it into like a two-day kind of retreat Yeah, thing. we ate like every I- meal together and, and shared a sleeping bag, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he I mean, he uh, just had terrible things to say about yeah. everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Just, a lot of dirt. A lot yeah, of dirt. A lot of, lot of dirt. I've got a lot of no- like notes in my phone, so if anyone... It- Wants me to read. Did he give you access to his secret folder where we all say inappropriate things that he had edited but then saved? Yeah, he said just listen to every podcast ever. It's like the, when the president leaves a note for the next president. It's like uh-huh. you'll never be able to tell us about it, but we know it exists in a file just yeah. in case. We have a private uh, Twitter feed that yeah. we just tweet to each other about. Yeah. So. At least we think it's private. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I should double check that. Yeah. At, Neither, it's at relevant podcast. Right. No one, no Neither one of us are very good at technical stuff. So <laughs> it could leak real soon. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be the correction for that. Then now that we have a new person here, we can spruce up and for the new era, make new intros and outros and jingles and songs. And I, I do like this idea of uh, you pinning a, an original song for every show. Like, basically, yeah. that could be the outro song is something he writes inspired by the content of that just happened. <laughs> yeah, that like I'm performing, that he's like, yeah, I get it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, he's going to perform. He had no, a like, band. No, I know you're Matt. Like, I, but I'm singing and playing guitar. And then he's, yeah, I'm with you. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he'll perform, but I'll be the one actually, like, kind of doing the Dave Matthews thing where I'm just kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, 
noodle in a way until you've heard oh, Andy, I've wanted out. to ask you did this did you ever see that old Andy Griffith where uh, Barney Fife couldn't sing so <laughs> they had this baritone and, but it was Shazam. like but it was the no that was Gomer but, oh, yeah. but, but they had a big <laughs> church choir thing oh. and, and they didn't want to hurt Barney's feelings that he couldn't sing and so they they had him sing on the mic and they uh, they worked it out where they turned his mic down so soft and then backstage they had this big glorious baritone singer singing into the mic and so Barney sings and uh, this big glorious voice comes out. So and Jeremiah would be in front of the camera, and I'd be singing. No, oh, I was going the other way with it, but yeah, well, that's yeah. way better because I've been preparing to ask Eddie for a long time if he'd, yeah. be, if he'd be my Tim Reynolds. So I think this is <laughs> this is way more fun. Capo too. I have one of the like the parts of the capo the filed capos? off. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I yeah. only have to do like half of the drop D. Nailed it. See, I was in a pop punk band, so all I did was complete drop D. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, uh, our question of the week, we asked you to tell us what. Jesse should get for his first tattoo. Now, if you listen to the show, you'll hear very clearly yeah. an audio contract between Jesse and the listeners that uh, when Jesse and I go to Chicago for Lollapalooza this year, right. Shauna will take him to her suburban audio tattoo contract. parlor. And he will and he will get a tattoo of whatever of what the what you guys wrote in. Which yeah, I think words. Eddie gets the shoes, right? Is that is that I the think contract Eddie exa- made? Well, I think those are your words, not mine. But yes, I think. Um, yeah. So you guys wrote in. Uh, you posted suggestions on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. Here's a few of uh, Jesse's favorite suggestions. <laughs> you know, I like that. that we're all like picking that. for him. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one. And it doesn't specify, so I'm assuming this is a full back piece. Uh, but the tattoo is... Because your first tattoo should be a full back piece. Mm-hmm. That's what we've decided as well. Is that everyone's yeah. first tattoo? Yeah, yeah, that's what we assume. Yeah. yeah. Mine's just I think, sublime. Yeah, I, I, I can't... One, I can't imagine it'll be very expensive. And I'm sure Sean will have time to sit there for the three days it takes for this to happen. <laughs> Um, this is from Stacy Drake on Twitter. She says the tattoo should be <laughs> Eddie on rollerblades being propelled by joy, but not just the the emotion. Actually, being propelled by by podcast host Joy Joy Eggers. Yeah. I think oh. I yeah. think that is. I mean, do we have to keep going, or is that just clearly what Jesse's going to get? I mean, across there's plenty back. of picture documentation of Eddie rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, just tons of it. Um, Jesse, this is kind of deep into the archives. One of them, actually, I don't, I didn't know, which is why I want to bring it up. J- uh, Joel said Jesse should get a tattoo of a flying fox on his left bicep, which I knew about, and a tattoo of a coconut crab on his right bicep as a reminder that he needs to fight oh. his fears. Can you give me a quick recap of what coconut the crab coconut is about? Coconut crabs are terrifying looking. Yeah, they're, they're like crabs that are the size of like small dogs. They're 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 huge. Ugh. Yeah, just Google coconut crabs. That was um that was among the earliest of uh, Jesse discovering that the internet was full of terrifying animals, beasts that, that <laughs> really for days. some reason our school system has protected us from all these years for yeah. good reason. Sanitized the science books. And yeah. the internet, uh, is, there is no filter. Yeah. They know that these 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 American suburban elementary school kids, they're not going to travel to the far corners of the earth and actually encounter these horrific beasts in person. Why even implant their existent in, existence into their minds? Right. right. Um, Jacob Hatcher said, I think Jesse should get a tattoo of a monkey doing a cannonball into the big hole in uh, Joe the neighbor's yard. Oh, brilliant. Oh. So then brilliant. we'd have the same tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Jesse, you're going to think this one is so funny because you thought this was so funny. Um, you should, uh, Kevin suggested that Jesse should get a tattoo of the world's largest twin jumping over Nick Walenda crossing Niagara Falls on a wire. Jesse, just to fill you in, everyone, thought it was so funny that one of the twins, 
one of the fattest twins in the world died in Niagara Falls. <laughs> Should I have RIP in the date under? It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Lone said, I should get the faces of the holy, uh, th- this holy trinity of uh, David Blaine, Nick Walenda, and John Tesh. Yeah. Though I would prefer. The Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to have it at Mount Rushmore and just add a fourth face on there. Yeah. Boom. Joel. Well, maybe it could be no, the Ikea, Ikea monkey. monkey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No question. Yeah. You need a Mount Rushmore of those four faces on your back, <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Somebody can come up with the artwork for that pretty easily, easily. I'd assume. I don't know how. I think you can walk into any tattoo shop and just ask the guy to draw it. They get it. They yeah. just know. Yeah. He'll say, oh, you want the number two? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just point at the wall. Oh, you want this one? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Destiny Sue says. Uh, she thinks I should let Joe the neighbor design the tattoo. That's oh, Destiny Sue wins. I could walk over there. <laughs> He's probably a, you should have to him get do inside the tattoo. his head. If I just said, "Listen, man, <laughs> do here's, man, here's a paper. You got my whole." I'm not, not even explain. This is for a tattoo. Just like I want you just to sketch something cool. And yeah. just come back in an hour and see what he comes up with. You are going that would be very interesting. To you're going to have exact an exact map to like to like the Amelia Earhart wreck or something. Like he <laughs> knows things that he's going to just you're going to tattoo on you. Oh uh, man, having Joe the neighbor design it that's that's a that's, pretty good idea. I really want him to just idea. do it. I want him to tattoo Jesse. Just bring him in. You know he can. You know he can. Prison style. He absolutely can. Oh, yeah, he's done tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure at some point in his journeys, he has tattooed someone. (laughs) I have zero question about it. Whether or not the person wanted him to, we don't know. (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, that's that's honestly unimportant. <laughs> Don't even get me started Voluntary on this guy, Jesse. Or involuntarily, <laughs> yeah. So Joe has tattooed someone. This guy had it coming, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the less, the less I know about this, the better for yeah. a lot of reasons, including legal ones. Well, I think. I mean, I think if we're all we're all agreeing, that Joe either tattooing or designing the tattoo is the winner. Jesse has committed to an audio <laughs> contract, mm-hmm. and this will be done at Lollapalooza. I really need to take a microphone over there and knock on his door and be like, hey man, listen, here's the deal. <laughs> Just no I have to record you talking about what you want to tattoo on my body <laughs> and explain why it's meaningful and now I get I have to draw it and upload the drawing I, to the internet. What do you say? I man? don't think he would miss a beat. I don't think he'd ask a follow-up question. Yes. I think he would just start talking. <laughs> he'd just start talking. <laughs> okay, Jess, here's where I'm at. <laughs> I think he would just pull, I think he already has it drawn. I think he's going to just pull out of your pocket. But I've been waiting for you to ask me. He'll like fold it up neatly yeah, in his yeah, wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just like, here you go. Here it is. Or it's just like a sweaty, like it's like a napkin with like a coffee stain ring on it. With, with yeah, something he sketched one morning just right. over breakfast that he's just been waiting for this day. I've just been waiting for you to ask, Jess. <laughs> well, well, funny he wants to ask. get matching tattoos. That's the yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, so. you yeah. It would buddies. probably be Koopa. If yeah. I had Koopa. to guess, it would probably be his dog, Cooper. Oh, Cooper, I love you. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. Now, okay, so obviously you listen every week. Right. We do last week's. There's a there's a jingle that we made in 2006, yeah. and then we do this week's question. That of the you, week. that you can't change. I you don't cannot know you, change. That I'm, is a legacy. Sorry, you can change. Guy. You can throw out everything. Chad, you did. can get rid of me. You cool. can get rid of Jess. You can get rid of Cameron. No, you can get rid of all. No, can't get rid of Jesse. You can get rid of the rest of us. Yeah, absolutely. The show lives on with Jesse and that jingle. Yeah, that's great. it. So I'll write a new one when we get done. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, so then we would do a question about something that was inspired by right. this week's show. But that's not what we want to do because this moment is too big. This is the rest of Jesse's life we're talking about. Too big. So yeah. now we've gotten some verbal directives. Yeah. 
What we want to see is some visual directives. I want to see photos, drawings, scans, sketches, inspiration. I want to create a mood board, like interior designers. MS Paint. Yeah, anything you got. Any tool at your disposal. On your own back. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you have a neighbor who can just jot it down for you, you know, whatever. We just want to see maybe some of these ideas that you just heard have inspired you, the listener, to, you know, Take them to the next level. We've never done... I've never been a part of one. A twofer. Or or like a a visual question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Uh, So we want you guys to kind of take this inspiration to another level. Okay. So for this week's question of the week, we want to see. Let's see the tattoo. Let's see the tattoo. Somebody actually get it. Yeah, somebody get yeah, that and then someone. Yeah, if we vote on one that someone has to get, right? Legally, yeah, you, you, you. It's your yeah. first tattoo. Jesse. Yeah, this is your tattoo that you agreed to get with Shauna, whatever we wanted. So yeah. now we need yeah. to get some art. Done. So we want to see. I heard, we want to see heard drawings. Beautiful. Hold on, Jesse. Cameron was talking. Go ahead. We want to see drawings <laughs> and <laughs> ideas and visual <laughs> visuals for Jesse's first tattoo that he committed to get with Shauna during Lollapalooza this summer. Many thanks to Christy Knuckles for joining us. Make sure to check out her new album, Let It Be Jesus. It's a live album, and it's great. Uh, it's available now. And also thanks to Mike McCargue. Uh, his podcast is called Ask Science Mike, and you can also find him at mikemccargue.com. And thanks also to our sponsors, uh, Fracture and Bright Peak Financial. Remember to go to uh, FractureMe.com and use the coupon code RELEVANT for 15% off your order. It really does make a great gift. And with Father's Day coming up, that's actually really good timing. Yeah. Um, And Memorial Day, too. Oh, yeah. You could, like, do a picture of your dead grandfather who is a veteran. Lord. Or people could just send me nice gifts of that. Yeah, that would be sweet. Of Chad. Pictures of... Who wants to send Uh, me a fracture fracture of Chad for your office? We need a fracture of Chad. No, no, no. Not of Chad. Just his beard. Yeah, so <laughs> Fracture. If Fracture is listening, I would love to have just a, we should, a great... Well, Fracture beard. doesn't have to be listening. What you would do is just go to FractureMe.com, upload your own photo, <gasps> put in the promo yeah. code RELEVANT, get 15% off. I it's do that think we easy? should do like the Letterman studio or whatever and put the old podcast producer pictures up on it. We should. Yeah, that's like great. great. <laughs> remember to go to BrightPeakFinancial.com slash RELEVANT to sign up for their newsletter, which is full of great financial tips. And for each person who signs up, uh, they will give $2... Uh, oh, they will donate $2 to Opportunity International, uh, that awesome campaign. So brightpeakfinancial.com slash relevant. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Now that Jeremiah is here, we will be getting extracts up of each week's show, youtube.com slash relevant, and get the magazine. The new issue is out now. Uh, you're going to the store to to pick up the new Hillsong United album or or iTunes, and, yeah. and we would be in also in that, that store, iTunes store. You could get the magazine and read about the album because Hillsong's on our cover. Uh, Hillsong United, uh, Mark Mara and Judah Smith, a lot of great people are in this issue and I think you'll like it. Yeah. Uh, you can subscribe at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffold. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. For Son and Equist. We'll see you next week. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Put your car on cruise and lay back, because it's summertime.
How inspired were you by Natalie Maines? 